You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, this week, I am your chunk. Well, boys, I'm Doge, and I'm hoping you can tell me, how exactly does one suck a hunk? (laughs) And I'm Carter, and why are you chunking that stupid bunny suit? (laughs) Why are you chunking that stupid man suit? I couldn't think of how to make it like sound like the bunny, like Frank. Dude, his voice is so just like, his voice is so just like, why are you chunking that stupid dance? It's like, yeah, it's, it's also it's awful. multiple voices though. It's it's scare, so weird. It scares me. It does scare me. It does. Hey, but he is risen, you know? <laughs> um. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> And also with you. Hey, this is the, uh, oh, wait, sorry. I forgot to ask our question. I've just been waiting, sitting here patiently. Oh, you said hunk. I didn't seem that patient, just by the way. Um, You said hunk. Tell me. What does it mean? Do you guys see this over my right shoulder? A shelf? It's a new bookshelf. I thought it was new, actually. Because I am, of the four of us, probably the most erudite Seeker of of knowledge, the arcane knowledge. Uh, Did you guys notice by any chance what book Donnie Darko's Daddy Darko was reading here in this movie? I didn't notice what book he was reading. I noticed what book the mom was reading. Mom was reading it. Mm -hmm. Daddy Darko was reading another Stephen King book, uh, The Tommyknockers. And if you'll Mm -hmm. hang on, allow me. I hold in my hands the exact... Hardcover edition of the Tommy Knockers that Dad was reading. In this. That's so cool! Wow! Did it freak you out? It did. I went to check if it was on my bookshelf, and it wasn't, which was wild. <laughs> it's it, the had been, it had been transported into movie world. That's amazing. But if you just hear, we'll get a little bit of nice uh, 
BSMR. That's book sensory um, something. Mister. Listen to all the words and all the knowledge that was just flipped into this microphone. I've read the book now. You're Tommyknockers? I've read it now because of yeah. you flipping it through the microphone. Turns out I got like I got like four chapters into it. Because I'm a I'm a sucker. If you've listened to the show for a long time, you know I'm a sucker for any kind of fiction involving aliens. I just I love that. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe aliens show us what it really is to be human, or maybe I'm just six <laughs> years old. Who knows? Uh, so I was like, Tommy Knockers, yeah, it's aliens, and it's widely regarded as a complete literary trash. Uh, mm. It's Stephen King's worst book by far. And I was like, surely it's not that bad. It's bad, guys. I made oh, it like no. a couple of chapters in, and I had to I had to sunset the book, which I hate That's doing. Tough. That's but tough. But I, I put it back on my. I took my bookmark out of it and put it back on my shelf and said, "I will see you again some other time." It's Threw it into that Third Reich long. flame, bro. Just burned <laughs> it up. Yikes! <laughs> Indiana Jones's dad was not happy about not it. Not happy. Oof. Junior. They're burning books, Junior. Junior. <laughs> junior. We named the book Indiana. <laughs> that was actually a little bit Sala. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's just a whole... <laughs> they call it a fire. <laughs> well, I really hope this isn't somebody's first episode. I hope it is, <clears throat> desperately. Um, as I'm sure you can obviously tell, uh, we're about to review a movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the second movie in our Chooser's Choice. It's actually the return of Chooser's Choice. Uh, it's the second movie in our Chooser's Choice series. This time we're bringing actors to the table, and this one's mine. Uh, it's the first movie that I'm bringing from. Uh, it's because you're you a really big DeVay Chase fan, right? We're doing yeah. this and then Lilo and Stitch for the mm-hmm. next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of my best kept secret. Um, I can't believe I, <laughs> I haven't tipped my hand uh, to you listeners yet. But in case you don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal is my favorite actor ever. Um, and so I know there's a lot of gasps. I could hear it through the car radios and such. But um, I'm bringing my first of two... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movies to the table here and uh, it is the second movie in our series and it is Donnie Donnie Darko Darko. and boy is it Uh, before we dive right into the uh, space-time continuum to the wormhole to the to the chest spear to the whatever you want to call it Doge I need uh, a synopsis to even begin to uh, breach the surface of whatever this is Luckily, this is something I didn't have to come up with. This is written by IMDb user Jay Sperlin. Hey, let me tell you. Sperlin? Let me tell you. Jay Sperlin is going to stay Sperlin. He's going to spurl put that this movie cheese for in us. the fridge. It's Sperlin. Jay Sperlin. Uh, I want to Sperlin B one time in first grade. <laughs> Sperlin B. Uh, you joke, but that's. That's uh, that's my story. Please don't appropriate it. I won spelling bee in third grade, fifth grade, seventh Whoa. grade, eighth grade. We didn't do spelling bees, but I beat my class at spelling. Wait, you're a multiple grade. time champion? Listen, my medals are just here out of frame. I don't like to brag about it, but name a word I bet I can spell it. Wait, Dude. how many? How, uh, Toby, the Toby Maguire. Uh, how many <laughs> words? Or how many words have you spelled? That's not what I mean. <laughs> no, answer the question. Answer no, 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 no. the question. Wait, how many times have you won spelling bees? I think four. He's losing count. He's so... It's either three or four. I mean, once you get... Listen, ask any Olympian. Once you get three gold medals, everything else is just kind of noise at that point. That's what Michael Phelps says. He's always like, like, after the third one. After the third one, it's just like, who can even keep track anymore? Yeah. 
Jay Sperlin says, Donnie Darko doesn't get along too well with his family, his teachers, and his classmates, but he does manage to find a sympathetic friend in Gretchen who agrees to date him. <laughs> he has a compassionate psychiatrist who discovers hypnosis is the means to unlock hidden secrets. His other companion may not be a true ally. Donnie has a friend named Frank, a large bunny, which only Donnie can see. When an engine falls off a plane and destroys his bedroom, Donnie is not there. Both the event and Donnie's escape seem to have been caused by supernatural events. Interesting. Seem to, huh? <laughs> Interesting. Hey, uh, I'm going to start uh, by saying why I'm bringing this movie, and then let's jump yeah. into discussion. Tell me, tell me about Jilly specifically, Yeah, and so then tell me why this movie specifically. Jake Gyllenhaal is... Um, so uniquely fun to watch on screen for me, like more than so many other people. He, it's not even, I don't even want to say he's a chameleon necessarily because I think he brings a certain Jake flavor. It's to actually Mysterio, the different yeah. Spider-Man villain. Oh, you're right. Uh. Um, but the just the way that he, it, it feels like he's given a character and if I would bet money that Jake Gyllenhaal tends to circle back around and go, can this character do this and have this thing and this weird tick and this weird thing? And yeah. Um, just the 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 spin that he delivers, but but mostly it's just he has this um, ability to be unbelievably intense or unbelievably charming, even when the scene doesn't. I don't think require. You know what I mean? Like in his in his teen sadness, he's sympathetic, but he's also so intense and creepy sometimes. And yeah. um, the spectrum present even within this movie of who Donnie Darko is, I think is nothing. Uh, I was reading that um, uh, Jason Schwartzman was originally pegged for Donnie Darko. Wow. The, the, the main character. In this movie, I like Jason Schwartzman, actually. I think he's great. <laughs> this is not the same movie without no, Jake. Not no, not even close. No, and not even close to the same. Uh, I read that Mark Wahlberg uh, was approached <laughs> about doing this, but they, they said oh no my God. to him. It's because, a giant bunny rabbit. <laughs> But no, you'll have to do that impersonation again. He was insistent on a lisp for Donnie Darko. <gasps> oh my God. It's a giant bunny rabbit. Right there. You realize there's no. He's, oh no. my God. He's got a skeleton face. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Why don't you take off that stupid bunny <clears throat> though? You, you talk about the like intensity and, and charm. Because he can, he can very easily be at 100 on anything emotive, mm -hmm. but then also yeah. can just mold and form to anything that's asked of him. Yep. I'll say, you know, as I'm watching this, my wife, Chelsea, much like Gretchen, would have sat by him on the first day of English class. Right. Because she says he's the, like Jake Gyllenhaal is Chelsea's number one and has been the entire time I've known her. And when you first hear that, it is a, it is a, a little bit more of a unique, uh, most attractive movie star to somebody uh, but then when you think about it, though, because my my initial reactions were, oh, really? And then I was like, well, yeah, I get it. You know, it's like it's, <laughs> yep. it's he's got something for sure. Yep. Uh, and he's, uh, yeah, 21 in this one, which he still is a believable high school character, which is great because we had Remember the Titans last In contrast week. to our good friend Julius, <laughs> the high school man. <laughs> There are so many times, though, that him and Ryan Gosling both have that perpetual wet lip. Like they both look like they put on a high shimmer gloss. And just kind of walk around with like a moist lip. Mm. Um, and What's I the think alternative, that's gotta, though? That's got to play into that attraction. I mean, you well, carry chapstick in your pocket at I was gonna all say, times. I was going to say, speaking as a, a chapstick addict. Maybe that's um, why you notice it as much. I don't. Maybe. 
Callie and I are yeah, watching I it through either. Survivor for our first time. Carter, I didn't tell you that yet. We're watching through Survivor. We started it because of what you said last week. And uh, my first, the first episode, I looked at Callie and I said, I couldn't do this because they wouldn't let me bring chapstick. Oh, people looking gross and breaking. Their chapstick. lips are breaking in half. Chapstick no, would have no, to be no. my luxury item if I was going to go on. Right. <laughs> the, I would have a hard and, time. And you're like having a conversation with the guy who brought his Bible. You're like, oh, well. <laughs> right. That was the first season we started on, just by the way. Um, and so uh, I, I get it is what I'm saying. I would have also, if the teacher was like, Jordan, sit next to the cutest boy in class. I'm sitting next to Donnie as well because it's <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. So I get the decision. Um, but yeah, I just, I unapologetically and kind of... Obsessively? Obsessively love Jake Pathologically? Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, I think he's So fantastic. how do you feel about Prince of Persia? <laughs> uh, no I, comment. Never, I've never seen it. I've I also never seen it. I haven't either. I have no interest. Oh, I thought you loved Jake Gyllenhaal. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, curious. <laughs> <laughs> you say you love Jake Gyllenhaal. Says the guy who wrote Denzel Washington. Yeah, I know. And I know. not seen half of his movies. But see, I'm, I'm not telling you he's my favorite actor. I'm telling you I'd watch him in a toothpaste commercial. That's, That's true. different. That's true. I guess that is inherently different. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, Donnie Darko, Doge, this is your first time, right? It sure was. I would really genuinely love like a first impression from you. I know this is kind of what the whole podcast is, but I would love for this movie more than almost any yeah. a first impression from you. Well, tell me why you picked it first. So I picked Donnie Darko, A, in the in the framing of Jake Gyllenhaal because there's actually a few reasons. One, because I think it shows a lot of range for him. Like I was saying, I think he gets to be very intense yeah. and very likable and very charming and very sympathetic. Um, I also, uh, I picked it because it is so out there and weird and just sort of on an island as a movie. Like it's a time travel movie, but it's also weirdly a coming of age movie, but it's also weirdly a movie about mental illness. Like yeah. it just has this, this niche that it fits into and there's nothing else quite like it. And it's so, right. it's, it's hard to parse. This is my third time watching it. And I still feel like I'm understanding more every time. Um, and then honestly, the other reason is we've done several of my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movies already on this podcast. What and are those? So, uh, Say them again like, for the people in the back. Things like Prisoners. Uh, well, I didn't want to do Enemy because I think it's weird. We have another one that's really great coming up that I think is going to be good. I want to save. Uh, I want to save October Sky for another time, perhaps. That was another one that was a close runner for me. Um, we've got things like him as Mysterio, which was really great. Uh, I don't want to touch. There are certain movies of his that I don't want to touch until it feels like it's a better fit. Um, yeah. There are certain movies of his that. I don't feel like, honestly, that we are at a point where we're ready to talk about right now. And then uh, things like End of Watch, which is a great movie, but I didn't really feel super comfortable being like, let's watch a movie about the LAPD during this time in our country's history. So <laughs> not a good look. We land on Donnie Darko, but I don't want to undersell because I really do love this movie. It's not just that it was the most obvious choice. It's a great choice, I think. So uh, my first impression, uh, through cultural osmosis, I knew this is a confusing movie. But that's really it. Sure. Um, and so initially, I was kind of resisting the urge to understand it. I was like letting this just be like, okay, this is sand through my open hands. Right. It's passing through me. I'm I'm just watching this to see what happens and see if I can interpret it by the time I get to the end. Uh, and my interpretation was completely shot to pieces by the end <laughs> right. of this movie. I was like pretty yeah. convinced that none of this was actually happening. Mm. Um, that this is just like increasingly the hallucinations of a paranoid schizophrenic, you know, that, that this is just, 
he's convincing himself further and further and further that this is what's happening. Right. And it's going to ultimately lead to this tragic thing where he's saying the world's going to end and he's going to, uh, you know, do, do something that he can't take back right. basically. Um, yeah. And that's not this movie. That's not what this movie's about. Right. But it, it uh, sets it up that way. Certainly. It sure does. Yeah. And I think I fell hook, line and stinker right into it. <laughs> it's almost something like the Donnie Darko experience. And I'll tell you too, it felt like my first time watching it, Jordan. I, I could swear to you that I have seen Donnie Darko, mm. but there was so much that I did not remember, right. almost to the extent that I was like, I, I maybe I have never seen this movie. Wow. But there's something about the experience of watching this movie that feels like, you know, late 60s, early 70s Beatles album. Yes. It's like people are always going, like some someone's going to say that I Am the Walrus is their favorite song. And sure. everyone else is like, okay, what? Yeah, right. somebody's the Eggman. But they're going to have some legitimate uh, interpretation of what that means. And you're going to be like, I totally get that. I think I want to listen to that song again. Right. Donnie Darko is like, um, I've never had so many things that almost were a super pump and then at sometimes almost a super right. dump. Yeah. But it is just so open to interpretation. And some of the some of the stuff that we get, understand like. Our our writer, it, it was either the writer, it might have been the director, does credit some of the things that happen and some of the elements of this movie to him being on a trip, like him yeah. being on a drug-induced trip and thought of like, what if I can make it look like this, right? So it almost feels like a bit of a grab bag of just ideas. Mm -hmm. But it is still like, to this day, one of the more polarizing movies. Yeah. Because you have people that love Donnie Darko and people that hate it. And there doesn't seem like there's a lot of in-between. Maybe we'll get right, that on today's episode. There. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Maybe so, you have to let it, Let it. you have to write it, like like Doge was saying. Right. So I'm going to borrow a, a metaphor, an analogy from the Lego movie. We've all seen the Lego movie, right? Yes. Uh, the, villain, the villain of the Lego movie uh, has the craggle, the crazy glue, basically says, this is the way you play. This is the right way to play. There is a wrong way to play. You need to play the right way, build the right thing, and make the right structures, and that's how you have fun. And the the thesis of the Lego movie is there's no wrong way to play. Like, get your stuff and do what you want with it, and if you're having fun, then you're playing. Right. You know what I mean? That There's not right. a wrong way to play. I think there's two ways to interpret a polarizing movie like this. Like, you can watch the movie and go, okay, well, I'm going to play with that. There's no wrong way to play with that. I'm going to put the pieces together, and whatever I build— that's fun to me, and that's fine. And if I like what I build, then I like the movie. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of the craggle way to play, the crazy glue way to play, where you go, okay, what did what did the director say this is about? What did the writer say this is about? How do how do I play with this? What is the proper way to play with this? Um, and I don't know that either is wrong. Right. Uh, I'm the kind of person who tends to fall into the like if I watch a confusing movie, I'll watch through the whole credits, I'll think about it for about 20, 30 minutes, and then I'm googling Donnie Darko explained. Right. Uh, and I don't know if that's the right way or the wrong way to approach this movie. I'm curious, yeah. how is that different from the way that you guys approach this movie? Yes and no. Um, you know, I, I remember the first time I finished it just kind of stewing in it for a long time. Um, I, I also, Doja, I, I think I'm like you. I love to read what the intention was, I love to read what other people think. But I also feel like I'm pretty good at not necessarily letting that change me unless it feels like I'm misunderstood. You know, if if I feel like, right, oh, right, right. wait, I missed it, I'm happy to change what my thoughts were. But if it's just sort of like 
a different interpretation. I don't necessarily think that I ever feel the pressure to change my own interpretation. Um, yeah. So all that to say, Donnie Darko has had several phases in my mind of what I think is going on and how I think <clears> it's <throat> happening. And I have liked it more every time I've watched it. Yeah, I had been uh, pretty open to wanting to look at some commentary, but decided if I was listening to a podcast about people talking about this movie, I would at least want to have one opinion be of someone who is not making their opinions off of commentary of yeah. the movie. So yeah, I uh, if I do end up looking up stuff, it was going to be after right. the fresh talk about it. Sure. Right. So that that leads me to a, a kind of predicament that I find myself in because uh, and, and having only seen this once apparently the director's cut is where a lot of this information about what is this movie about actually comes in. The director's cut's like almost three hours long yeah. and this is not even two. Zack Snyder, interesting. Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, the movie I was going to make is awesome. I think the difference is that this is great even without the director's cut. Um but like a lot of the things that I think make this movie enjoyable to me and make it make sense to me and make it something I would want to watch again are information contained in the director's cut. Because we basically have this whole story about the manipulated dead and about the pocket universe that Donnie finds himself in. And on this basically straight up sci-fi explanation for this movie, which ultimately removes a lot of the ambiguity and a lot of the subtext. And so I considered making that my super dump. The fact that... um if you play video games, you probably remember that one of the chief complaints around Destiny 1 was that all of the story was contained in these uh, little cards you could collect called grimoire cards, right? And it was basically like, have fun playing the game, but if you want to know what you're actually doing, you have to pause the game and read for a little right. bit. And it's like, that's probably not a great way to do interactive storytelling. This felt like a similar thing to me. If we're saying that... it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was hard for me to not make that my super dump because the things that made me love this movie and understand this movie and want to watch it again are not in this movie. They're in the director's cut of this movie. Sure. Mm. Sure. I think it's fair. But that's not my super dump because uh -huh. I, I don't I don't know how fair that is to Donnie Darko. Sure. And I, I totally hear what you're saying. And it's funny. Jake Gyllenhaal to me has a couple of movies like this that are like you finish it and you're just kind of like, huh? And it really requires some like mental homework to find out where you actually land on it. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Donnie Darko is, at, uh, I mean, there is no argument that it's tough to parse. Like, it is hard to really, like, figure out what's happening. And I would say that that is likely intentional and likely part of the experience of Donnie Darko. But I don't think that, I don't think that a movie is intended <clears throat> to be a... Um, a roller coaster that everybody, you know what I mean? Like, I think that... Sure. That's, that's not good or bad. It comes down to what your preference is. Yeah. So like the, the like the complete the complete lore and travels of Donald Darko, right? The director's cut right. that explains everything and all of that stuff. It reportedly is really close to what screened at Sundance in two thousand one and absolutely took it by storm. Mm. And so I'm just curious in the like, what's the lifespan uh, of this movie? Like, how did it? What cocoon did it enter to emerge as this stripped down, parsed down? confusing, trippy movie. Yeah, I don't know. That it, that it reportedly wasn't at Sundance. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's super interesting. It's a good question. And you know, I, I don't think you can have something be polarizing if there's not uh, what people could, could uh, define as good elements, right? Right. Like, it can't be polarizing with only one opinion. 
right? And so there's there's enough right. there to pick up on and and really enjoy. And I, um, you know, one aspect that I think is hardly ever talked about uh, in just the general sweep of uh, conversations around Donnie Darko is the humor. Like yeah, this is a, a funny movie. This is a funny movie. Uh, I'm not saying it's like a borderline comedy. I wouldn't even call it like a dark comedy. There's definitely too much else going on to to, to call it that. But um, that is one of the things that makes it attractive to me. I, I don't see any roles that are glaringly awful. Maybe I'll find out more about that with super pumps or super dumps. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a different experience. I kind of want to watch the director's cut now. I do too. But you hate to have it. You, you hate to have it that way. You want you want what what gets to the theater. The only reason I bring up the whole good elements thing is if we had our director's cut, you know, the thing that took Sundance by storm, is the overall aura of Donnie Darko completely different? Could be. Because right. isn't it what makes it attractive is the fact that people don't know, right? It, don't really it's so, know what it's it so is. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about me. I love. So I'll bring up one of the things that I love the discussion <clears throat> of with Donnie Darko, which is do his English teacher and science teacher know that he is doing something important? I think we know they know he's really smart. But I'm talking beyond that. Do they know? Yeah. So so uh, anyway, my my favorite theory, my I think theory the first is question then becomes is he doing something important? Yeah, right. So it it seems to me that the movie is telling the story of a a time loop of some kind and that my estimation is that Donnie waking up from his sleepwalking at the beginning of the movie is him waking up from a failed attempt at doing what he succeeds in at the end of the movie. And it seems to me like Drew Barrymore and the science teacher, so that his English teacher and his science teacher know that he, he, anyway, it seems like Donnie and Roberta Sparrow, Roberta Sparrow has done this before, has been the one that had to save everybody before. And um, that's why she wrote that book. And it seems like somehow his English and science teachers know what's up based on a couple things, her writing cellar door, him stopping the conversation about time travel, and the two of them talking in the teacher's lounge and saying, Donnie Darko, I know. You know, that whole thing. And so it seems like they know something, like they're existing outside of this in some way. Um, and we obviously know that Frank is existing outside of this in some way. So I, what I'm saying is, this is the type of discussion that I love. And I think that this version of this movie, so open-ended and weird really, really lends itself to that type of discussion. But it's tough because was it intentionally, was it designed to be that open-ended? Or is it like we make a movie and we go, well, if we cut this stuff out, it'll be confusing. But I guess there's art in that, right? If you cut the stuff out that explains it and people still like it and people can still put it together, then it's interesting. Sure. So purportedly, like the uh, the the way that this mechanism is supposed to work uh, according to the director's cut and, and pieces of information gleaned from the psychology of time travel or the philosophy of time travel, which, which is philosophy. it? Philosophy. Philosophy, yeah. Um, is that basically there is a hole in the space-time continuum. Some sort of something opens up and we create this pocket time loop. Um, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is like only metal can pass through it, right? So somehow a plane flies overhead and the engine gets sheared off in this time loop and falls through Donnie's roof. 
Uh, Donnie is awoken by Frank so that he can be the one to save the world. He kills Frank later on inside the time loop, and so Frank becomes something called the Manipulated Dead. The Manipulated Dead exists to help the hero of the time loop close the loop and save the world. If he doesn't close the loop by the time Frank's countdown ends, then the black hole will originate in the time loop and eventually consume right. the entire this, time continuum, this is even the main... At- when they talk about the engine, they have to sign an NDA because the serial number of that engine exists on a plane that is fully functional and fine. So they, there's a duplicate exactly. engine. So there's these exactly. breadcrumbs that lead you to these answers, which I did. I, honestly, I didn't catch the first time and I was very confused. I didn't like this movie I until I watched either. it the second time. Oh, I lo- see. That's the, the thing is that I, I feel like I'm able to, I don't know. I feel like I didn't spoil my opinion of the movie by looking up Donnie Darko Explained because right. I'd already decided that I liked it right. before I looked that up. Um, but yeah, so the, the whole thing is like the people who are not dead become unintentionally uh, manipulated to help the hero of the time loop yeah. close the loop. So I think that is a possible explanation for the English teacher and the science teacher. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm assuming um, that because there's a lot of religious imagery in this movie and a lot of questions about God and choice and free will. And so I'm assuming that a lot of this is supposed to be some higher power trying to direct things back to normal again, getting back to base. Yeah. It's either a higher power or time is linear, yeah. a closed, you know, it, it, if time something happens, that disrupts the, itself. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did y'all pick up on a vibe? I, I definitely felt like it happened at the very end <clears throat> with our wave between Gretchen and Donnie's mom that uh, unbeknownst to the person who's been a part, a, a direct player in the time loop, not to say that the whole world is not going through that when he goes back in time, right? It's not like that town is the only one that keeps staying behind. Right. But like there's almost some kind of echo of, like yeah, do they feel... Is. I think we're supposed so, to see that. In the director's cut, Patrick Swayze wakes up in the middle of the night crying, ashamed of himself, and commits suicide on the golf course the next day at the 14th yeah. hole. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that that that's also super interesting to me because I love uh, little explanations too of um, the things that we can't explain of like why somebody looks familiar to you mm-hmm. and you don't think you've actually met them. You know, that that's always mm-hmm. fun. The stuff that you can go to the current reality uh, and say, for it. Mm, that's pretty smart, yep. you know? You could poo-poo on it early and then have that moment later and be like, oh, wait, this is like Donnie Darko. So yeah. I love that's that. Great. Um, it is, unfortunately, already time for shout announcements. Uh, you can always uh, tell by the post. Oh. <laughs> you can always tell when a movie is uh, uh, not controversial, but very discussion-heavy when we get to shout announcements and haven't even super-pumped or yeah. super-dumped yet. So it's like Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, that's true. It's exactly the same as that. Um, so it is time for that. So why don't you guys just scamper on over there and, and I'll meet you there. It's Shout Announcements time. It's Shout Announcements land. Everybody gather around the Shout Announcements man. Uh, and this time the Shout Announcements man is Carter. It's me, everyone. Your favorite dealer mod. <laughs> um, Yikes. Many Mondays are still here, but they're a little bit different. And so don't forget that. Uh, for those of you that are were uh, perhaps exhausted with how bad uh, Jordan and Doge were at games, mm-hmm. you might still get a taste of that on Mondays, Certainly. but uh, we are diving into some of these blockbustery shows that are taking off uh, and taking over our, our home television sets. And so we have WandaVision going on right now. The first two episodes that came out 
on Friday, January 15th. Episodes one and two are on our mini Monday episode, and we will continue to do that all the way through the WandaVision. The WandaVision. The WandaVision. WandaVision. WandaVision is what comes on after QVC, <laughs> and it's uh, like a Peter Popoff type televangelist uh, that's trying to, trying to get you back on the right path. But WandaVision is on Mondays <laughs> now. You got to keep your eyes fixed on the prize or else you're going to end up with WandaVision. Now you, you can't, can't let your vision. vision. You can't let your vision wander. <laughs> well, now I'm the shout announcements man, and I'm here to tell you that uh, our new tier is open on Patreon. Mm. Uh, and mm. I don't think you need to cry any new tears about our new tier mm. because <laughs> it is only five dollars, and that five dollars gets you everything in the official chunky tier, uh, plus access to a special Discord featuring. Your four favorite pod boys. That Your four favorite. So if you're already a member people, of the three dollar tier, that's only two extra dollars. Only two more yeah. dollars. Yeah. Only two more dollars a month, uh, and you can upgrade to the two official, two chunky tier of our Patreon. Can I add to this? I have a question. Mm. Okay. Uh, to solve, and there are some mysterious things about Donnie Darko as a movie, as a character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I were to tell you, hey, two dollars, you'll know everything. If all you had to do is pay two dollars a month, and all the mysteries are solved. All the all the stones are 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 turned over. Would you for pay Donnie it? Darko for Donnie Darko specifically for anything in general? Yeah. I'm giving you mysteries. Oh yeah, yeah sure. $2. I thought you meant for Donnie Darko. Would I pay a re recurring annual subscription of five dollars a month <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> to no, no, learn no. about Donnie for, Darko so every month? So for either month. five dollars or just those two dollars more, uh, I'm glad you said about your four four pod boys because this is Adam. Like this is your chance to uncover the sound wizard mystery. I happen to know that there's a channel directed. And created only for that mystery man. Mm. And if you're down to get the answers month in and month out, week in and week out, day in and day out, $2 seems like nothing. You know, pay no well, attention to the man to... behind the soundboard, except this time pay all the attention to the man behind the soundboard. That's what I always now say. Now I get to do one. I get to do one. What a small price to pay to shake the answers out of our magic atom ball. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I love it. I know that you're listening and you're like, wow, this, this right here is the content that I It's came. a mess. <laughs> this is, this is what I crave. And so you're probably like, how can I help this group out? Well, I have a good answer. Rate and review us, please. On the Apple store, on Google play, uh, to your friend's house, just ride your bike over, knock on their door and say two chunks rules and then go home. Whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, we got stickers uh, for merch. You can put those on your car. You can put them on your binder. You can put them on your trapper keeper for all your pencils and erasers. Um, put them on your Jake Gyllenhaal poster. Jake Gyllenhaal poster that you kiss every night before you go to bed. Um, just sort of whatever you... Don't cover up those moist sort of, lips. Though. Sort of whatever you feel. Yeah, I, I put... Well, somebody puts probably chapstick on their poster occasionally to make sure. <laughs> product idea. Product idea. I product wish. Idea. You know how they make stick-on fingernails uh -huh. so you don't have to paint your nails? Stick-on lips stick for posters. And they're called lipstickers. Mm. Stick on lipstick. Delete this. Anyway. Delete this part of the episode, Sound Wizard Adam, because we got to trademark that and make billions. One of one of my many good ideas. <laughs> I got more. Uh, first things first. It's a slinky that doesn't come back. It's called a slonk. <laughs> it just like goes down the stairs, opens the door, grabs an Uber, <laughs> and it just runs like, away. <laughs> 10 years oh. later, you bump into the hey. slinky at a party and you're just like, how you been? Um, 
Where have you been? It's been a while. <laughs> you look good. Shout out Stephen Boyd for reviewing us, for for Woo! for answering the call. Beaven Stoyd gave a glowing review, uh, bringing our average to five stars, which it's been at since the very first review, because we're a big deal. And don't you forget it. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to super pump and you can't stop me. Oh, listen to that microphone crisp and clear on the other side of shout announcements. He's ready to go. What does he have to say? It's Jake. Surprise. It's Jake. Yeah. Um, He's so good. Uh, I would like to, in particular, point to any scene where he looks like uh, he's the lead in Psycho with his head down and his eyes up. And he's <laughs> yep. very terrifying to look at. Um, his reversion to like a kid voice during his hypnotization, hypnotherapy. Really scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it, but I love it. Um, all of the ways that he just becomes this slinky, sulky, sad teenager and yet also just puts this whole movie on his shoulders and carries it. Um, Jake is, Jake is Donnie Darko. Like this movie doesn't do what it does yeah. without Jake Gyllenhaal. He is the pivot point that this whole thing is built on. Jake is also yeah. my super pump yes. for the exact same reasons. It's just like, even even baby Jake, even the tiniest Jakelet that you can imagine, mm -hmm. got it. Still Feels has all, still has all the hallmarks, uh, the talent and the raw power of a full grown Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean, like I fully believe this is the same guy in Prisoners, and it doesn't feel like there's a decade and a half separating these right. two movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. He's just bigger in Prisoners. <laughs> He's just bigger. He's just a little bigger. He's just a, he's just a better up. haircut. His haircut was almost my super dump. That's a rough. That's don't a rough want to spurl it for you, but he grew it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. I love this role as Donnie Darko because he's also playing this like cerebral A plus plus student. Which anything you ever hear about him, and obviously what you see in terms of the product, he is. Right. I think I think he's more Donnie Darko, <laughs> uh, at least some qualities of Donnie Darko. Uh, than some other roles that he's played. Then Homer Hickam, and maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Homer Hickam and Donnie Darko are just Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he is, he would have been, even if he wasn't in our actor series highlighting these specific actors, he's still my super pump mm. outside of that. That's really how I'm trying to approach these. That's yeah. tough, though. I don't want it to be predictable, like what our super pumps are. Right. Because we were uh, all Denzel last week, right? I know, I yeah, but so. I can't yeah. avoid it. 
Because for me, I was like, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save my Jake Gyllenhaal super pump for his next movie. But it's like, no, it, it it's probably both. Hey, um, I, I know the next movie of his that we're doing, and I know he's gonna be my super. I pump know. In that I too. feel bad about it, but I think he probably is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. So that's fine. We'll find a way to to get other super pumps in. If we're still if interesting, worthy, right? Like, I think we're still interesting, probably, right, guys? I think we're still interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe our super dumps I love will that. be interesting. I love that his sister's playing his sister. How many times yeah, has that happened? I, honestly, in Hollywood, like how many? I si- think the Cusacks have played siblings before. Okay. Yeah. And and that's about all I remember. I don't think we've ever had Hemsworths that are brothers. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's some I mean, that have been super convincing, but ne- never literal. The Afflacks, maybe. Yeah, maybe they've done brothers. Know that they've ever Eugene played and- siblings. Eugene and Dan, father son. I feel like yeah, parent close. child is more common. Yeah, parent child can happen a lot. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. And also, by yeah, the way, this yeah. is a good time to say Maggie Gyllenhaal can act her heart out as well. Yeah, I yeah. think she is great. You know her her credentials, like her IMDb top four, are super impressive. I mean, it's not yeah. anything that nobody has heard of, right? You know, it's she's definitely been a a pretty big part. I do think. Younger brother probably outshines her a little bit for uh, me as, at least. As when you look at the collective career, oh yeah, I but think that so. could be yeah. But they're they're both yeah so fun and the chemistry is great. She wasn't even close to the first choice to play his sister, but she had been. It's so crazy. It feels like such a, a college uh, locker room dorm kind of explanations for uh, the, the director's decisions on some things. There's like a scene in a movie that. Maggie had done before this because she hadn't really done much. Uh, there wasn't really a time I think that Maggie had a better career than Jake because Jake gets to be Homer, you know, in October Sky, which is another one of those roll the TV into the classroom kind of movies. Yeah, totally. Um, evidently, at some point, they were like, no, 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 get her, watch this scene. And the scene they choose is one of her like drinking urine. And so the director was like, yeah. Okay, she'd be great. And all so, right, so there's bud. all these Okay, bud. Yeah, there's all these weird things. And one of my favorite explanations, and it is one of those I am the walrus kind of things, because uh I don't even think I don't even think it's like a legend has it. It's like the Beatles were high, were on something for a lot of their sure. songs. Um, but the director had some influence uh when he was watching, he happened to be uh, under some kind of influence watching Monday night football. Uh, and watching how when you would have a freeze frame and then John Madden would draw, like, and then here's where they're going to go next, like a route. Like he would be predicting or showing you the play that's about to happen. That's where the influence of showing these spear-like uh, flubber, clear flubber blobs coming out of people, showing the route that they're about to take came from. I thought that was super interesting, that it was just some kind of like random influence that he got to yeah. throw in. It didn't feel completely out there. You know, it, it had something to do with the plot. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm going to, by contrast, I am in a super dump right now. Um, oh, I, see, I was going to do that. Oh, dang. You want to go first? Our podcast no. our podcast intuitions are becoming aligned. <laughs> you want to go first? I'd love for you to go first, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, Carter, earlier when you said, there's not a role here that I feel like isn't great? <laughs> I do. Drew Barrymore is my super dump. Okay. What is she doing? Why is she in this movie? She's entirely... The wrong choice for this. Yeah, she's a producer, so that's probably what it reasons. feels like. She's in this movie because in 1988 she would have played his little sister. 
You know what I mean? Like, here's because she was the little sister. And he t- like, <laughs> I here's the deal with Drew that you got to understand. I'd love to understand. She Help shouldn't understand be in this it. movie. She should not be in this movie. This is such a weird choice for her to be like this. Like, but you don't understand. The students have to learn exactly about the right books, and if they don't know the books, then they'll never succeed. That's so is, weird for Drew. Hey, dude. This is a juicy subject. Is this the same for you? Drew Barrymore is my super dump for the movie Donnie Darko starring Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Uh, Particularly the energy that she brings to the classroom when she's like, when she's like, hey, what are you doing in here? And it's like a new student just walked in and that's the energy you're bringing to this room. And then she's like, sit beside the cutest boy in the class. If she was somebody Why? who was bringing a level of, I've got tenure, I can say whatever I want, and the kids are kind of vibing with yeah. me, then all of this works. However, she does not bring that energy to this role, and it does not work. If we want to have an enigmatic English teacher, can Grandma Death be the English teacher? That they're like, who is this oldest woman in the world? <laughs> Apparently, she wrote a book. And like, Why so can't we ever figure cars? out where she lives? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Let me let me explain to you why Drew Barrymore is not my super. Yeah, hit me. <laughs> yeah, defend it's, it's Drew because it's like it's my um, favorite movie, defending Drew. If you're watching any kind of team sport and you're saying my least favorite part was the worst player, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this I, is an interesting conversation. This is an interesting conversation because I uh, I don't want to spend the in the rest of our episode talking about this, but. Did Drew Barrymore, as an actress in general, peak at seven years old? Yes. With E.T.? Yes. Yes. Is is the only thing she can do is the actual innocence that literally comes with a seven-year-old. I don't think that the body of Drew Barrymore's work is close to impressive. I think she's not a good actress is my personal opinion. Certainly not. And so I was like, yeah. Yeah, I just I it's she's she's just always Drew Barrymore in something. Mm-hmm. Unless she's Elliot's little sister. The only time she's ever been her character description was Elliot's little sister. Every movie after that, she's Drew Barrymore in blank. Right. Yeah. You know? And so yeah, I totally get that that super dump there. I totally understand that. Here's my super dump. Um, Donnie Darko is altogether a creepy sure. movie, right? Um, I found myself offended in a way that I'll never be offended again. Uh, so every day, uh, once the countdown starts, we're getting that day, right? October 20th, 1988. So we get October 24th, 1988. We get October 26th, 1988. Yep. And completely skip the actual day I was born, <laughs> October 25th <laughs> of 1988. I was prepared to... Uh, <laughs> start to draw <laughs> like with all of the time loop stuff I was like ready I was like I'm gonna have so much fun drawing all of these through lines of what happens on that day in this movie to me and not only do we not get the day we don't even get a hint that the day existed when we <laughs> jump from the 24th to the 26th no progression of time it just felt like the next day and I was like why uh, th- obviously it's an awful uh unique super dump, but I was just, I was so ready for this unique experience of watching something 19 years after it came out only to find out there's this really significant thing that I could learn about myself on a day in one of the most polarizing movies of all time. And it didn't happen. 
Audibly, I was like, no. And I even, I rewound. I wasted Did so I much time. <laughs> was it like, I was like, is there like a little fight club like scene that it just shows the 25th of 1988 and it didn't do it. Um, Dang. But yeah, it didn't, it didn't ruin my experience, but it definitely ruined my birthday. Yeah, that makes sense. Gosh, we were so close. <sighs> so, so close. close. Like what if one of the coolest scenes happened on my birthday? Like the breakdance fight? Right? Actually, let's talk about the dance team right. for a second for real. Let's actually talk about the dance team. <laughs> yeah. They're not good. It wasn't good. No. They got on Ed McMahon's star search and got three and a half and invited back. They're not good. No. I thought that yeah. was funny though. I think that's I think part it is of the supposed humor. to be funny. That whole the whole mom running Dude, that, that whole dance Farmer thing. is so funny. Yeah. yeah. Dwight's babysitter. <laughs> the office yeah that's true dude uh here's something else we've got our screen debut of seth rogan and it's the most seth rogan first line he yes. ever utters in any movie no, he had already which been is on... i like your boobs <laughs> nope no nope this was his first this movie before oh, freaks Moon. and geeks this was before this freaks and first geeks? movie yeah i also think it might have been no no, no this is 2001 freaks and yeah, geeks this is his first movie this is his first movie hey movie. if you had told yeah, me screen. once upon a time hey there's a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, Patrick Swayze, Seth Rogen, and Ashley Tisdale from Disney's Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and High School Musical series, I wouldn't have believed you. And yet, here we are, Donnie Darko. Who is Ashley Tisdale? Ashley in this? Tisdale is the girl that asks Jim Cunningham a question at the school assembly. That is Sharpay Evans. No way. Yeah. Is she the girl who's like, how do I get my sister to stop eating yeah. cookies or whatever? <laughs> Wow. His uh his little sister She's is She's credited as Chase. Kim Dorky Girl. Kim Dorky <laughs> Kim Dorky Girl. <laughs> oh man. Uh his little sister goes on to voice Lilo in Lilo and Stitch in a couple of years. Uh I think um the girl who says Chut Up, who has a has a uh crush on Donnie mm -hmm. Darko, mm -hmm. was just in uh season one, Dude, episode two I of thought that was yep. her. Isn't that wild? I thought yeah. that was her. That's so weird. It's the time loop, dude. Here's the other thing. Uh, we already know, like if we know Jake Gyllenhaal's history in the movie business, we know that he's already built the uh, mechanism to travel through time because the first time we see this boy is building rockets. Right. Hello? Is there an extended universe of Jake Gyllenhaal? The Hall Every of Jake Gyllenhaal movie is a separate a separate pocket dimension within the Donnie Darko universe. Mm. Phenomenal. Um, Phenomenal. I think we should talk a little bit about Jenna Malone, who's pretty young here, but has been in She's 16 in this. Uh, in recent years. Who, Gretchen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joanna. She's That's probably her biggest, maybe most well-known, is she's one of the characters from the, the uh, Hunger Games. Mockingjay mm -hmm. series. Yeah. Hunger Games. She was in, was it? Batman versus Superman. She was supposed to be in one of the many Snyder DCs yeah. and her scenes got cut probably because they were bad. She's in Sucker Punch. <laughs> you think, she, oh, you mean because of Snyder, not her. I actually think she's pretty good. Not because of her. Yeah. I think she's no, pretty she's, good. She's I just, pretty good, yeah. I think Zack Snyder's a big old stinker. <laughs> no, dude, you don't understand the Snyder cut. That's when, it, when that finally comes I out, dude. I guess, dude, I guess I'm just not smart enough to recognize when a bad movie is actually so bad that it's a work of genius art. <laughs> <laughs> when listen if you're a, if you're a Snyder head I love you we have different opinions in movies I just like the part where Batman's like this is Gotham and then kicks somebody really hard mm, mm -hmm. that, was that good. part was cool he kicks that them hard good. with his gun with bullets to kill them like Batman you know, does murdering you know? people 
Um, so with the girl, with with the girl, I think her name was it actually Angel? Was that her actual character name? Let me double check this. No, Charita. Gretchen? No, Charita. Sorry, um, I'm I'm doubling oh, oh, back. Charita. With yeah. Charita, with the man in the red jogging suit. These are elements of people that I feel, whether they acknowledge it or not, they know something is happening with Donnie. That's part of the director's lore right. that's in the director cut, is that everybody who is not Donnie is being subconsciously manipulated by time's non-elasticity right. to assist him in his quest. Um, does Donnie have super strength because he buried an axe in a solid bronze statue? So that's another piece of the director's lore that whoever is the champion of the of the time loop is blessed with with powers uh, like super strength and elemental powers. Yes, beautiful to complete their quest. Super strength being sink the axe into the bronze statue. He uses water to flood the school. He uses fire to burn down Patrick Swayze's house, and he uses air to cause his mother's plane to fly into the time loop to send an engine back through to My even everything goodness out. gracious. I don't know if I buy Ooh. it. I don't know if I buy it, but that's that's supposed to be the explanation, sure. right? I don't think I buy it. I think uh, we could have uh, just a really clever director that is coming back uh, and explaining things for the life, for the sake of the life sure. of the sure. work. How much of this is George Lucas saying, no, I always intended Darth Vader to be Luke's dad? No. When you clearly didn't. Yeah. No. No. I don't want to hear that no. kind of You and the Young and the about. Restless have, yeah, the same plan. <laughs> um, yeah, so th this movie, I, I can totally understand why it is divisive and why it is sort of notorious among movie circles. And I think it can tend to fall into that fight club uh, funnel of sure. movie bros who are like, they don't get it. And I'm not saying I get it. I'm just saying like, you know, you you hear people that say they love Fight Club because it's so BA. And it's like, well, it's actually about not fighting. Like it's <laughs> well, no, that's rule number one of Fight Club is it's so BA. So and Club. stuff like that. And I think Donnie Darko can be misconstrued as like, it's just such a dark movie. And it's like it is, but there's a lot going on. There's a lot to look at. And I'm not saying that I get it and other dummies don't. I'm just saying I think Donnie Darko can be grouped into movies that people who think they should love movies start with when maybe they weren't ready for that level of interpretation um and well i think it it it's one of those movies that like i think is a magnet for uh the temptation that i think all of us probably have to to say you didn't understand that i understood it let me right, explain correct. it to you you know what yeah. i mean it's kind of got that nolan vibe of the uh you know i would say inception is probably one of those movies as well where it's just like, oh, you didn't get it? Dude, it's so easy to understand. And it becomes, uh, its ambiguity becomes weaponized against people in order to prop yourself up. Yeah. Show how yeah. smart you are. Yeah. So how smart. Well, it is, we have reached the time where we're supposed to rate this movie now using science. This is the fastest an episode has ever gone by for I me. I know. It, it feels Genuinely. I feel like I could talk for another hour. Yeah. That's Donnie, baby. You want to hear it? You guys clap if you want to hear us talk for another hour. It what do you think? Should we go like another hour? Ready to go. Because <laughs> we did not even touch on Patty Sways. I we didn't know. even talk about him. I know. That, his wardrobe was his actual wardrobe. His actual clothes. That's so good. Amazing. A swazing. So a good. Swazing. Um, there's a lot we didn't get no. to talk about, but that's just the risk you run, you know? <laughs> sing it. Sing the rest. Go ahead. No, okay. it's good. Well, we're going to use wormhole to science uh, to create the scientific cinema scale out of water, fire, and air and bury an axe deep into it. <laughs> 
Now, the scientific cinema scale is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing, let's buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I will go first. It's your movie. Okay. I'm buying this. I'm buying Donnie Darko. It's so weird. It's so out there. It's so strange. But I also don't ever get tired of watching it and wondering about it. And that makes it sort of a bottomless, like, well for me to dip into. It's just endless fun for me. Uh, It's endless fun to watch Jake be Jake. And I do love it very much. So I'm buying it. I buy it too. Uh, It is... It is very interesting in a good way. There's some movies that I think try to be polarizing. Mm. I don't think this one was intentionally polarizing. I really don't. I think uh, it's just in its own category. I was going to try and find a way to describe it, but I don't know how. Um, but I definitely don't think it is a bad movie, actually. I think it's it's one that I would recommend that people have and one that, that when you're in the right headspace, uh, is worth watching yeah. again. You know, it's, it's almost like homework. <laughs> I'm also going to buy it uh, with the caveat being I'm going to buy the director's cut. Okay. I want to watch the director's cut. Because having, yeah, having yeah. watched it last night, I was not ready for it to end. I was loving it, loving every second right. of it. And even before credits finished rolling, I was going to buy it. Looking up the explanation didn't change my, uh, my, my rating, my sentiment towards the movie. But I also really want to watch the director's cut and be like, okay, can I put this together? Right. Without this, without this guide I found on the internet, right. right? Is the director's cut? Does it stand on its own two legs? And if it doesn't, then I think that would lower my rating of the director's cut. You know what I mean? But I think that that this cut, it does what it set out I don't to know. do. Is what you're it, saying? It does what it set out to do, which is like I'm really thinking about this and trying to figure yeah. it out. No, that's all. That's all a good point. Well, uh, next week. We are going to continue with the third installment of our Chooser's Choice series. That's right. Carter's first movie of this series. Carter, you want to tell them a little bit about what that is? Yes. I am super excited to talk about Fargo mm-hmm. uh, of one of my favorite director duos of all time. The Coen brothers were almost in my first Chooser's Choice instead of Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. But then very much for the sake of the platform uh, giving to Francis McDormand, mm-hmm. who yeah. I am always very impressed by and very excited to talk about her in the context of the movie and uh, the the tie between the two movies I've selected for her. But Fargo, Fargo will be next week. Uh, this might be a movie that I do my homework and maybe watch tonight. I don't want to do it too far away, from, yeah. but, but knowing that it's on the horizon, mm-hmm. it's a hard movie for me to to have wait until it's super fresh right. before the episode. Do you know I've never but seen very this? Excited. you never seen Fargo? Never seen Fargo. Oh. I've seen uh, the show, season one of the show. <laughs> right. And I'm very excited. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Fargo is phenomenal. I am and, too. And I Francis l- McDormand is, yeah. I'm I like excited. it when we do Chooser's Choice because it lets me work through my movie list of like, yeah, this is stuff I've been meaning to watch. I'm glad you guys picked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's two in a row for you. That's fun. I like that very much. Is it going to be three in a row when it's all said and done? Oh, have you? Oh, you haven't seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I love this is great. it. This is great. Okay, well, uh, to end, make, so make sure you check that out next week. I want to say that. Make sure you check out our mini Mondays. They're WandaVision now. It's Yeah, remember crazy. to be watching WandaVision on Disney Plus with us. It's real good. Jump on Patreon, second tier. Get on Discord. Talk to us. Hang out with us. Just vibe. 
vibe with us. You know what I'm saying? Just talk to Adam. Just talk to Adam. If anything. If anything. Listen, to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what the Walmart brand version of Donnie Darko would be. You know, the watered down knockoff Donnie Darko, where it's like, we don't have the power to get this far, but we're going to go as far as we can. I'll give you my example first. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and this one is Wacky Wandy. He's just so wacky. He's just out there and he's seeing visions of drafts and they talk to him and they're just like, Wendy, it's going to get wacky. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm Doge. And as we well know, it is a time-honored American tradition to sit down every morning with a nice big bowl of Donnie Darko's They've got that blueberry flavor that you love so much. Well, coming to a Walmart near you is Billy Bluebos. <laughs> and it's the same blueberry cereal that you love, but you're not paying the markup of the name brand Donnie Darko cereals. Mm. That's good. Uh, sometimes uh, I'm Carter. Sometimes you want to get into a business that is pretty Sometimes lucrative. you're Carter? I'm Carter, yes. Um, sometimes I'm not. Uh, Ooh. Sometimes you want to get into a lucrative business, but you don't necessarily have the budget to get all the way there. Uh, and so if you're over there in the uh, home decor section of Walmart, you can find uh, Denny Dimlet, which is uh, a light bulb with one setting. And it's enough, it's enough to kind of pick up on the plot, but not fully understand what's sure, going on in sure. your environment. Yeah, fair. Well, there you go. That's our trio. Can't wait for the the sequel. Actually, there is a sequel to this movie. It's called S. Darko, and it's terrible. It's got 3.2 stars out of 10. There's a sequel? Yeah, it's about a sister, and it's awful. It's about the younger sister. Oh. Ooh. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.